All right, welcome back to the Discipline of Gens podcast. I'm your host, Maddie Betts. I'm here with the biggest the gen I know, Gino Bet Openly. Today we have a ton of stuff to cover. Crazy week five, unbelievable underdog week. Up right now, Gino. And the, this is after the last few dogs uh, lost outright. But at one point it was looking like it was going to be an eight or nine unit week. Still finished six and eight record this past weekend on dogs outright up five and a half units on the week. So still a hell of a week for underdog money lines. And you know, what makes me sad is how little people acknowledge what a big deal that many units is being up. Yeah. Cause they're numb to it. No, I know bro. Five and a half units on a week is insane, especially for something you're just blindly doing. And I actually just read a tweet earlier. Someone sent me, if you had a hundred dollars on every under this season in the NFL, you're up fifteen hundred. So basically, wow. let's let's do the math here. If you blindly had a hundred bucks on every underdog to win the game outright through six weeks of football, you're up a thousand fifty, right? And then if you have a hundred on every under, you're up fifteen hundred. Do you remember the episode we did early in the year when I was like, "What if you did a two-team parlay on the the underdog money line and the I'm under?" Bro, that would be printing right now based on those numbers. I love I don't it. Know, that would be printing. So, but all right, let's dive right into it. An eventful week. What are some of your bold predictions or reactions based on what happened this past weekend? I'm not the oldest guy uh, in the sports betting space, but I'm usually the oldest guy in the room. This is the most parody I've seen in the NFL. Legitimately, any team can beat any team any week. And I love that shit. It makes the playoffs so gangster. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. And you've been right. So, like, you know, Green Bay loses this weekend. Tampa Bay lost at Pittsburgh. I mean, these are name brand teams and quarterbacks that can just lose. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady can lose any given week at home, on the road, really wherever. In London, I mean, unbelievable that Tampa goes into Pittsburgh and loses – I was excited. I had the money line. But more importantly, we had the Steelers plus eight and a half early in the week as a circuit play. And then when we saw that number hit 10, We I saw you even raise the unit size. So I think we had a nice one and a half unit winner on the, the Steelers with the points inside of Discipline the Gens. For anybody listening in, disciplinethegens.com, $30 a month, a dollar a day to join our community. But we had a very, very good week. The systems went 3-0. and which we're still pissed that we didn't put all three of those plays in Circa this week. So we went against our own systems on on one of them. We did get two of them in there. We finished the week in Circa two and three, Um, but the Circa uh, or, but the three system plays inside of discipline, the gens all cashed and none of them were even a sweat. And the algo smack too. We had five winning days in a row. And then even though Saturday, Sunday were losing days. Yeah. um, The algo printed and even Monday night football last night, your algo crushed. I mean, only thing that lost was uh, the first half under. They went yeah. three and one up, I think, over about two and a half units on the night. Uh, we had the Broncos first half money line, Broncos in the game. And then what was, what was the third one? Broncos. Broncos first half money line for that game under and then Broncos plus four. 
Yeah, yeah. So a great week for the algo and the systems overall in Discipline the Gens and a fun week for underdogs too. Yeah, it was a blast. And we made a lot of right calls, but I, I'm mad at myself on some of the wrong calls we made. Uh, I, yeah. Dude, I'm, I'm mad because we called the game so right. I literally said Tampa Bay is not going to be able to move the ball. Their offense is desolate. People are high on them still. I don't get it. You want to know it's crazy? Get it. You know that's crazy about this Tampa team? You know who they play this week? No. I got to get caught ready, up. Ready for this? Tampa Bay at Carolina. Guess that spread right now. Ten. <laughs> ten. ten. Bro, ten and a half. There you go. I'm, I'm not – I won't even look at that game. They both disgust me. Oh my god! I know, right? Like, think just think about it though. And this is what we were saying last week. We were like, "Oh, we'll take Carolina with ten against the Rams. The Rams aren't even scoring." Now we feel that way about Tampa. And the Carolina was the right play last week, no matter no how question. it ended. They were on their backup, backup quarterback, third string quarterback at that point, and they lost twenty four ten. They were on this two, either the two or the seven yard line to finish off the game, and they threw a pick. We were about to get the backdoor cover, threw a pick in the end zone. I was blown away by that. I was so pissed because it was one of our circuit plays, and that backdoor was right there for us. It was To me, it was a perfect read on that game. You know, the Rams only scored 24 points, which getting 10 points, you got to think, okay, can our team just score 14? We were getting 10 and a half, I think it was, um, and they couldn't get it done. So it is what it is. We're on to the next week. One thing I will say is – You've been historically right about Minnesota. Um, it looks like they have a great chance at the division. And I think you have them up moving up the ladder on your power rankings. You want to go over your your uh, your ratings real quick? Yeah, I mean, these bills look good. I actually like how the bills look on defense more so than they're, they're going to look good on offense, so that's fine. Uh, your Eagles, bro. Your Eagles, they got – they came out early, punched Dallas in the jaw. Dallas came back and scared them a little, and they they – Buckled down on defense. That's a really good sign. You want to win games like that. Yeah. Um, I have the Chiefs firmly at three. Um, I can't believe people are hating on them preseason. That is insane to me. I also yeah. still remember people telling me not to take them to win the West. Um, I I have the Vikings after the Chiefs. People have been hating on me for three weeks in a row with these Vikings as they prove me right. Um, because think of the parody, right? And then we have Chargers. Chargers is one that I'd put an asterisk by. Very unimpressive win, but that Denver D is is legit. They found mm -hmm. a way to win. And the reason why I have them up there is you'll see how many people are coming off of losses. Cowboys, the Giants next. I know the Giants won a big game, but the Cowboys dominated them at home. I can't put the Giants on top of the Cowboys. They went in there and it's beat fair. them. Uh, then I have the Ravens after the Giants, even though I think the Ravens would be favored against the Giants or the Cowboys. So that makes another asterisk for power rankings, right? You, you put yeah. the true on where they would – where they would, if they played well, in a neutral field. If you think about it, the Ravens were a five, five-and-a-half-point favorite at New York or at, at, at the Giants, and then the Giants won outright. And then, well, so, so you can, you can put them side by side. I think you can make the argument either way with, with them as, you know, one or two. Um, yeah, I, I had to drop them. I mean, it, the, the Giants just beat them. I can't put the Ravens on top of the Giants after losing. Yeah, um, yeah, and the and Ravens I, can't seem to win those, those those types of games. They can't. And then I got the Bengals crept into nine, and then my tens, I have Rams, Titans, Jets, Pats, Colts, and Falcons. Um, and then I sincerely, not just being a an angry fan, I said I'm removing my Niners until healthy. Like, seriously, they're not a top-ten team. 
with yeah. this this amount of energy. They're not. If it was if it was the playoffs today, they'd be one and done. Yeah, and the Niners. Speaking of the Niners, they're a three point underdog this week at home. It's a four two point five now. Wow. Yeah, they, that's one of those games that like doesn't make any sense against the oh, Kansas City man. Chiefs. The Niners, like you mentioned, are not very healthy. Why are they only a field goal dog or a two and a half point dog at home against this Chiefs team? Especially the Chiefs coming off a loss have historically been really good as well. Um, so that's a game that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Makes no sense. Yeah, and Come then on. another team you mentioned. I want to I want to talk talk about this team today. The New England Patriots. So I looked up their odds. I want to get your opinion on this because I love this shit right here. The Patriots today are plus 170 to make the playoffs. All you all you Northeastern fanboys, Maddie's in your corner. Bro, I, I am not love, buying these Patriots. I love that pick at plus 170. They're three and, and three. Obviously, in hindsight, you know, taking it last week. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was probably plus two fifty at least. Um, last week, go because they were a two and a half point dog at Cleveland. So if you took it last week, you were in, you know the odds were much better. But I look at this team and they could easily be six and three going into the bye. When I look at their next three games, the and defense is tough. Coming out of the bye, they play the Jets. Um, but they play Jets the, are tough. Yeah, but I'm telling you, I want to put this on record right now. I love the Patriots plus one seventy to make the playoffs. I think they're going to be a dangerous wild card team that. Towards the end of the season, that people are not or teams are not going to want to face in the playoffs. Like truthfully, like I just think they have that ability that they can go anywhere on the road. And if Bailey Zap continues to do what he does, like if their defense can come to a high-powered offense's home field in the playoffs and hold that team to twenty or less, it's like a scary opponent for any of these teams. So I'm going to go on record saying I love the Patriots in the postseason. To make a run here, I think they're going to get a little better every single game, um, and I think they have the ability yeah, to make the postseason. Don't forget that they lost to Miami in week oh, one, and don't I forget did. it was week one. It's a completely different team. Are I, are they zero and one in their division? Has that all they play? I think they've only played that game in their division. They play, yeah, that's the only division game. So here are the next three: they play they Monday night, shots. Monday night against Chicago in New England, then they go to to the Jets. Uh, the following week on oh, six, six days what if rest. What Jets punch them in the mouth? It's possible, but, I mean, they're at worst, I feel like they're going to go one-on-one against the Jets. Um, okay. And then, you know, the following week is a home game against the Colts. And I don't see the Colts moving the ball that well at New England. I get it. You know, I, I, so, I'll throw you a bone. I, I yeah. see value on the plus 170, and if you're right, it almost pays two to one. Yeah. Yeah, I just think it makes a lot of sense. So They're, they're going to pick up two L's to the Bills. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, probably you're probably right there. I mean, the Bills, I think, are a really tough matchup. But I will say one thing: if the Bills don't show the ability to run the ball against them, then I think you could see New England have some success defensively. Um, but even if they do lose to both games to the Bills, they can beat Arizona. They could beat the Raiders. They play the Bengals, Dolphins, Jets twice. At Minnesota is a night game, but it's prime time, so maybe they could have some success against. Primetime Kirk. Um, so it really it really just depends. We'll see how it plays out. But I do want to go on record saying I love that that bet right now. Um, all right, what are your early leans uh, going into the week? This team keeps keeps being value, keeps being high value and keeps disappointing me, and that's the Saints. I was I like the Saints that. on Thursday night, dude. It's like yeah, this Arizona team is 
Yeah, so right now I'm seeing the Saints plus one and a half to two points. It's at Arizona, Thursday night football. It looks like 37% of the public are back in uh, New Orleans here. Perfect Um, spot. So I agree with you. And, bro, I'm not going to lie. I hated our Cardinals pick last week only because preseason, that was one of our most overrated teams. Um, But I think you were also just kind of low on Seattle. Um, And Seattle has looked really, really good. You know, they really have. Um, But, I mean, look, I do want to see how the injury report comes out before making any decisions on this game. Like Michael Thomas still isn't playing. I think a healthy Saints team has the potential to be like a top seven team in the NFL. Like they have to be fully healthy though. You have Jameis, you have Michael Thomas, um, you have all these guys healthy, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I think that they can be dangerous. But they I compete. mean, like Mark Ingram's questionable, Jameis is questionable, even Andy Dalton's questionable. Lattimore's yeah, doubtful. Michael Thomas is doubtful. They're hurt. They're hurt. Like, I mean, it's it's you know. So yeah. What else you liking so far? Oh God, I see. Dude, that. I'm not gonna touch. I mean, Carolina's gonna be a sharp play. I'm just not gonna touch it after they laid down. After they they felt sharp against my Niners and laid down. Yeah. They felt sharp against St. Louis. They excuse me, St. Louis uh, Rams, and uh, I it's it's one of those things where the difference of me and a sharp is. Like, I bet with my heart still. Like, I was dead wrong. I, I brag when I'm right. I was dead wrong on Arizona, and I was dead wrong on Cleveland versus the Patriots. Yeah. That's why I bet smaller, though, so I can wash those out with uh, all my other right picks and move on. Um, I like Cincy in this spot. Uh, but my, my dog of the week, no question. Uh, and a dude that I respect a lot gave this play out, too. I think he gave it out a day after I texted you, so I felt good. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Detroit Lions. I like Detroit Lions. Um, I would I would bet them as long as you're still getting six and a half. Anything under that, I would I would just <clears throat> I would the value is gone. But I got them plus seven on Monday. I think it was Monday. Maybe it was Tuesday. Yeah. Um, I'm taking a look at that game now. There was something I had saw in that game. Who are they playing? Uh, Detroit. Yeah. That's a, dude. I'm drawing blanks right now. I'm coming flustered off of meetings and I'm like, Oh good. Yeah. Not, no, no, I'll look it up. It, it's easy to pull up. Uh, they're in Dallas. In Dallas. That's right. Okay. With Dak, with Dak back, I believe. Is Dak yeah. back? Is that, I don't know. That, that work? Yeah. I think it's going to be this week or the following. Um, I see. You know, what's funny is all the Cowboys fans switched up now. Originally it was like, Oh, Cooper rush. We're going to go into Philly. Now all of a sudden that we beat you guys, now it's oh, it's a backup quarterback. You can't have it both ways. Uh-huh. All these Cowboys fans want it both ways. Um, and yeah, I do like teams off a of bye week. Um, but one thing I will say is, you know, Dallas has a defense at home that could really shut down Detroit. No question. Their defense looks damn good. They, they look how my Niners would look if we were healthy. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, I'm still hurt that we lost that Detroit pick at New England. They lost 29-0. Um, but coming off the bye, I actually would, we're probably going to have a system play in in discipline the gents for that. A team coming off a bye week after getting shut out, that's got to be ROI positive to to take them. And saying what you said, but adding a little to it, I, I like dogs, underdogs coming off the bye, far yeah. more than favorites. The public is really high on favorites off the bye. Yeah, that's true. Um, now we do have a system in DD that shows favorites on the road off a bye. Like basically oh. teams that are getting a week rest, but then are making like a business trip going to going to a uh-huh. play a team on the road. 
typically do really, really well. Um, I will have to look a little bit, uh, dive a little bit deeper into that this week, but that is one thing I did want to mention. Another team that's been cursing me, I like Jacksonville to mm-hmm. beat the Giants. Public's going to be all over the Giants. Uh, you're going to laugh at this one. I kind of like Washington money line versus the Packers. Ooh. Gross Washington. Disgusting Washington. Yeah. I mean, look, at the end of the day, Last what week the Packers done? To, last exactly. And last week was supposed to be the bounce back week for Green Bay, where it's like, you know, you know how it is. Aaron Rodgers yeah. loses a game and next week they blow a team out, like we saw against Chicago. But it didn't happen last week. And now all of a sudden it's like, does it get to the point where you just if you're getting a team at two to one odds against the Packers, if it's any team in the NFL at this point, you have to think about it. And Pitt is one of those teams that I've loved this year. They have covered for me every week I've bet on them, and they've not covered every week I've bet against them. So I'm, I'm in love with Pitt. I, I really do like Miami, but not at seven. I thought it was going to – I wouldn't touch it right now. I thought that was going to open up at four and a half or something like that, and I could get it. Seven, I probably would just look for, you know, first half value or something like that, something nuanced. I'm out of Survivor too. I'm out. Survivor has been brutal this year. All my teams are gone. I've never been knocked out this early. This has been the worst. So last week, the buy teams were Detroit, Tennessee, Raiders, and Texans. What's interesting, and tell me, does this normally happen, um, but do you ever see both two teams coming off a buy and then playing each other? No, that's wild. Houston, Houston versus the Raiders this week. Both teams are coming off a buy. Um, and they're now playing each other. What would that, as far as the total, the over-under on the game, what were, where would you lean just based, not knowing the number, but just based off of both teams coming off a bye? I feel like defenses need more rest than offenses. Yeah. So I'd lead under. Um, Interesting. Houston put some points, though. I, I don't love that game altogether. I actually don't know if I've ever bet on a game where two teams dropped the bye before. Yeah. No, it's, I, I just saw. I just noticed that. It can't right? be common. Yeah, I agree. I mean, right now in that game, Houston, I think they were a seven-point dog. Let me pull that up here. They are. They're a seven-point dog. Yeah, seven. I saw it open at eight. It's down to seven. Um, yeah. So people are liking liking Houston. Yeah. Um, it's hard not to like them there with a the touchdown. What, what I will say for anyone out there that's still in Survivor, huge ups to you. This is a decent spot to take – the Raiders and get them off your chart. Raiders aren't bad. Miami, another decent spot. Miami's defense can be very hard for Pitt to move the ball on. Um, I even like it's dangerous, right? Atlanta looks like they can beat anyone. I would, I would, if you get Cincy off your books there, um, I would not touch Tampa Bay and I would not touch Dallas. I just <laughs> wouldn't. They're, they're going to play tough games. <laughs> as, yeah. as pathetic as that sounds. I mean, I guess Tampa Bay minus 11 is just like... Tampa's a decent spot, especially Tom Brady off a loss, but right? I do and, hear you, though. And they're and not Carolina's good. looks so bad. And you don't want to save Tampa anymore. Like, you want them that's, off your Yeah, no, that's a good point. I actually think this is a good spot for Tampa as far as a money line pick or a survivor pick. Yeah, like, I was saving them. I, I'm out, so I'm done. So don't even listen to me anymore. But uh, <laughs> don't, don't do the Chargers versus Seattle. I was off Seattle last week. Yeah. The charges, I didn't see anything special. And they could easily bounce back. The Seattle defense is significantly uh, worse than the Denver Broncos defense. Yeah, no, agreed, agreed. 
Um, all right. Well, that's yeah. Survivor has been brutal, though. I, I can't even believe it. I don't even know how people are still alive in any of these leagues at this point. Let's buy low and sell high. What you like him? So Chargers right off the bat, they did not cover, and Seattle did. Mm-hmm. But Chargers is a, a a good position right there. Um, Miami first pit. That's another one. So a lot of these are adding up. My Niners. Uh, I guess they're not buying low, right? Kansas City didn't cover. I, I, I that was a good game. Those two, two those two teams will be there. I'm excited for that. I, I, I like yeah. that rivalry. Um, Jacksonville. Sadly, there's a lot of favorites in here, which I hate. Yeah. Um, Detroit coming off the bye, but the week prior, 29 nothing loss, and then Dallas competed at Philly in the second yeah. half. So, you know, maybe a decent spot there for Detroit. Um, that's especially off the bye. That's really it. Yeah. It's a light week. I, I technically I don't know how did Tennessee do two weeks ago. They're off the bye versus Indy, right? Yeah. Let me take a look here. That's an I interesting line. Won, only two Tennessee's and three and two now. I mean, this is a huge. This is for the division, pretty much. This game. I mean, obviously it's early, but. This is a huge pivotal game for the AFC South. Completely. Um, let's yeah, see. There's let's some, see. These are some grinder games. This is. These are some Tennessee games. Tennessee won twenty-one seventeen at Washington, um, which wasn't too impressive. <laughs> yeah, there's not a lot of value there. And then they had the bye, and now they're playing the Colts. I mean, to me, I mean, I'm cheap. surprised you're not at all over Tennessee here. You know, you like them preseason. They're all, uh, in this division. They're now coming off a bye, playing at home against the Colts. No, I am. I'm just uh, sorry. Let me be clear. I, I like Tennessee in this game. Yeah. I just don't like that it opened up at minus one, and I think it's minus three now, minus two and a half, and, and the yeah. public's over it, and the money's over. All of them it. sharps are betting those teams off the buy early. Yeah, that's you know? that's true. They are. Right. They, they jump out. Yeah. All right. Let's dive dive into prime time games. Up first, Thursday night football: Saints versus the Cardinals. It just seems like we don't ever get excited Thursday night football games <laughs> anymore. Um, hopefully, Jameis Winston's back for this game. He's questionable. We talked a little bit about this game already, but spread is out. Uh, New Orleans is plus one and a half in this game. Um, what are you liking currently? So using book lines, plus 110 is criminal. Do not take plus 110. Just take the two and a half points. Yeah. That is such a stupid two and a half points to give up for plus 110. And I won't even get into the spreads don't matter, guys. Yeah. Take the two and a half. Two and a half points is worth vastly more. Yep. And plus one ten money line. Just 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 on the value alone. And the opposite side, I won't be mad at you if you went minus two and a half instead of money line. But I, I like the Saints in this game. Um, you know what I, I like even better in this game is is the under. Yeah. Yeah. I just th- these. You can't go wrong with a primetime under at this point, like truthfully. And the, the Saints keep allowing points, and I'm like, they need to have this game where they shut down. And Seattle's D is not that good. Arizona's made them look good. Yeah, um, that's how bad their offense has looked. Um, yeah, I, I just you give me that under 44 and a half. That to me is the better bet. But I'll I'll be sprinkling a little bit on the Saints money line too. Is it that Excuse high? Excuse me, plus two and a half. Is it that high? It's 44 and a half. Yeah. All right, let's take a look on Sports Insights. Um, yeah, I mean, this number opened at 46, at 44.5. It looks like all the money's pretty much coming in on that under. 70% of the tickets, 80% oh. of the money. Um, maybe and maybe wait, so. wait till kickoff and get that 45.5. It's a nice little hook at 45.5. 
Yeah, maybe. But yeah, I mean, here's the real question. Do the public eventually, and we've gone over and over this, but do the public eventually, it's not, the, do they catch on? Like, I, I think pu the public understand that unders and dogs are winning, but do they ever adjust? That's the key is like, are they going to adjust? Because my, you know, my answer, I'm firm on this. No, like people you know love overs and they love favorites and it's yeah. never going to change in my opinion. And you know what it is? It's actually not that will they adjust. It's more when they've missed the train, when they hear about 15 more unders winning yeah. and you jump ship and it switches, <laughs> you hate yourself. So they feel pot committed to riding out their way. That's where it's at. If it was like kind of close splitting for the year, they would jump. When you hear that yeah. all prime times are all going under, you don't want to be the duck that gets caught holding the bag on the under when it's the first one in five games to hit. No, I get it because I see the same thing with my underdogs. I get questions every week. Like last week, people were like, "Yo, Matt, should I, I want to? I should have done this in the season, but should I start doing it now?" And my answer is, and and obviously it played out well if they yeah. started because they won the five and a half units this week. My answer is yes, you can still do it because I do think it'll still be profitable from today onward. But just know there is additional risk to it now, and more importantly. Don't go crazy on your unit size per game. Like you could have one bad week, jump in at the wrong time, and then boom, you're blowing your bankroll. So, and but, you know what it is too? It's the, <laughs> if you think about it, these events have nothing to do with each other. Two different teams, two different weather situations, two everything. Yeah. People love to jump in. I have friends that have been waiting on Bitcoin since I yeah. told them at $3,000. They're like, well, when it's back to 2,000, I'll buy exactly, it. Exactly. Exactly. And it's at 20, and they're like, well, when it's back to 15. I'm like, dude, at five, you said back to three. At 20, you said 15. It's the same yeah. thing. So people are waiting for the dogs to have a very bad week, like public to just slaughter, and then they feel comfortable entering in. Even though those two weeks have nothing to do with each other, you just got to watch where the money moves things. Yeah, I agree. All right, Sunday Night Football. Let's get into it. We have the Steelers at Miami. Right now we're looking at a seven-point spread for these Pittsburgh Steelers. What are you liking in this game? The line opened at four and a half, it looks like. It's now up to seven, which is pretty crazy. I, Yeah, I'm surprised. I, What did you say? The line opened at four and a half? That's based on sports insights. Oh, that's what I was saying earlier. That's what I wanted it at. So at four and a half to five, I liked Miami. Yeah. At minus seven, I just don't like it that much. Um, I, I actually like the over in this game just because it makes no sense. Everyone's <laughs> going to be all over the under. Yeah. Um, the tickets are going to come pouring in on the under. The sharps are probably holding up the over right now. Um, yeah. Well, the the over under opened at forty three, and we're seeing forty four and a half now. And two is back, right? That's a good I read question. I read the two is going to be back, so people will be high on the over. This game has so many reasons not to bet it. I hate being with this public. Yeah. People are going to be high on Miami with two back. And high on the over because it's the old Dolphins that they remember from three and one. Yeah, I mean, let's not forget this Steelers team on the road at Buffalo lost thirty eight three at Cleveland lost twenty nine seventeen. So like they really at September at Cincinnati to open the season they had the upset win, but that was a different you know that was like a Super Bowl hangover Cincinnati team. But they're this the Steelers last two road games have been poor at best. I mean. You know, at, at Cleveland, losing by 12 to a team that just got blown out by New England at home. So, you know, the Steelers have been a different team on the road here, and we got to wonder, coming off that high, are they going to, you know, keep this game close in Miami? 
um, which if you just look at the two rosters right now, I mean, Miami is clearly the far superior team. So I think you're on to something with, with that Miami pick. Yeah, and I hate being on this side, but I'll, I usually don't even like favorites in the first half in primetime especially. I, I think Miami can come out and comfortably be at a seven-point lead at half, if not more, get their vibe back. Get their get their energy back up. Um, yeah, I, I like it. I like Miami first half here, and I like that over. I like it. All right, Monday Night Football. We have the Bears versus the Patriots. Chicago seven and a half point dog at New England. Over under thirty eight and a half. What you like here? Oh my god! What what is what are these games? Yeah, look at these three primetime games. Why are they punishing us? <laughs> it's pretty. There's no bad. way they thought the Bears were going to be good this year. What is this? Why do they have it a prime time game? Makes sense. Um, if I'm looking at it real quick, it got bought over the hook. I, I would bet the Bears in this game blindly. I would take the seven and a half. Um, that over under thirty nine and a half. I New England didn't do well. I, I know. I know Fields is not. Um, one of the top mobile quarterbacks, but I don't think New England has fared well against mobile quarterbacks. Yeah. So I, I actually think the Bears can put up some points here. So I, I'm again, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the over in this one, and I'm gonna wait because I think the public's gonna beat that down. I think by kickoff I get like a nice 38 and a half, 39, and I'll take the Bears seven and a half hook, and I'll I'll take the over 39. Yeah, I mean, I'm on the complete opposite side here. I think he, I think you could have guessed that just because I'm high on New England. But what the hell have these Bears team done, man? Lost to Washington, twelve to seven. The only impressive loss they have was at Minnesota, twenty nine twenty two, and that's a division outlier game to me. At the Giants, they put up twelve points. Houston at home, okay, cool. They won twenty three twenty. At Green Bay, they lost 27-10. Green Bay hasn't done shit else the whole season. Like To me, this is like a 24-7 type of game, New England, in my opinion. I don't think I don't oh. think Chicago is going to be able to do shit in New England. I think that Justin Fields versus Belichick is like the ultimate mismatch. It's like I actually think this will be a heavy play for me. I really like New England here to make a statement on Monday Night Football and assert themselves as a wild card team. <laughs> to, to all the New England fans, if the New England comes out and dominates the Bears, I will officially not fade you anymore. Fair. fair. No matter what my algo says, no matter where the value falls on, no matter if there's reverse line movement, I will just let you have it, that you have cost me enough money this season. I like it. I like it. I th- uh, although they did start off like 2-0 and on them. I, I, I forget because it's so long ago. Yeah. I did have Miami week one, and I did have uh, Baltimore week two. Yeah, no, I mean, look, again, I think they're just a different team than back then, but you were spot on them early in the season. Um, I just think they're finally developing. Um, That's a good point. You know, I just think with the Zap quarterback, like I think he's the real – like he just reminds me of like what they did with Brady. I I know that sounds crazy to say, but I just – I'm way higher on their defense and the fact that Zap doesn't make mistakes and they got their run game down and I just think they're coming together, so – I think this will be a statement game for them where they just look dominant against a, a shitty Chicago Bears team. All right. We now have a special guest joining the show, Brian, founder of Panopic. Brian, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, guys. Appreciate it. How'd you do last week, bro? Uh, last week, uh, last weekend I was just sick, so I was mostly just not watching the games. I was, I was half watching the games and uh, trying. When you're sick, you know, like, 
you, you can you try to bet on games, but you, you're like kind of delirious, so you, think <laughs> you know what's happening. But yeah. so I have to restrain myself. Well, you've had a you had a really good run in circa. We were doing okay at one point too, but it seems like recently we've both uh, gone the opposite direction. Oh yeah, I think I like I said I think I said to you earlier today I'm I'm two and eight in my last ten in circa, so I'm getting killed there. Doing well in DraftKings in the same one I uh, I did well in a few years ago, so. But I mean, what's yeah. that just uh, is a five against the spread every week in DraftKings? Yeah, it's same thing. Five against the spread. But I've been making some different picks in there than the circle ones at times. So uh, I think I'm like I think I'm like 19 and 11 there or 20 and 10. I forget. But um, my yeah. best one. But yeah. But I mean, but again, you know, it's it's, it's so long. It, it's week six. So, you know, there's such a long season. And it's funny because I you see those people that are like 85 percent and uh they can do no wrong. And then, you know, seven weeks from now, they've just like fallen down so Towards far. The bottom. Yeah. Crazy. It's crazy. It happens every year. Cause they look like they're just like, that's the Jesus of sports betting, you know, it's uh, insane, bro. It's there's a, a guy right now in circuit, you know, in our league, 25 and five, that's 83%. Like, come on. That's just ridiculous. You know what it reminds me of Brian is uh the the money making picks from the Pano League they were so hot yeah. in that in that league so we had did uh, for everyone that's listening we had did um, so Brian owns Pano picks which to your credit bro incredible app like when we did uh, when we did the, uh, the the Capras tournament it was so user friendly easy to use and I really enjoyed it especially because I had a good run in baseball which to this day I don't know how I did it, um, <laughs> you but, it uh, yeah but those guys killed it they were running like 80 85 percent the whole way and no one even came close to them um but it was definitely a, a fun tournament yeah that was wild i mean that's part of the thing is and that's part of the balance with the the tournaments we're doing on there um because i come from the poker world obviously and for i guess not obviously for people that don't know me but um you know in a poker tournament it's not the best player that's going to win every tournament that's just never the case and it's going to be the same in a sports betting tournament right but over time, you're going to see the best players perform consistently well on average, right? And that's really what it comes down to is showing people that are consistently in the top 10 and the top five consistently showing a profit, that kind of stuff. So anytime you're looking at a tournament like that, you're going to have those outliers where like, I mean, it doesn't matter in any, any, any sample size, you're going to have people that do unreasonably well and unreasonably poorly. Um, that are, It's just variance, right? It's just the way of, it's just, and which is, which is one of the most frustrating and beautiful things about gambling is that the short term is just so much noise and so much chaos. For sure. I was going to say that's exactly what we want. How boring would it be if everyone that we expected to win won? There would be no, no yeah. market. Well, that was always the funniest thing to me about when people would get really pissed at the poker table um, when someone would misplay a hand and beat them and they'd, they'd start berating them and be like, why did you do that? You're supposed to play it differently. I'm like, Dude, can You're you such imagine? a donkey. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I'm like, dude, can you imagine if the casino did that when someone misplayed a hand in blackjack? Like some dude's sitting on 18. He's like, I'm going to hit it. You know? <laughs> he hits 18. He pulls a 10. He's at 28. No, sorry. He hits, he hits on 18. He pulls a three, right? And he's at 21. Dude, looks at him like, you idiot. Why'd you hit there? That's not basic strategy. You should have stayed on 18. Why'd you, you know, like, like that would be insane, right? Like the casino wants you to hit on 18. And when same thing in poker, like if someone misplays a hand, like let them misplay the hand. It's cool. Like that's what you yeah. want. 100%. So for everyone that's listening, Brian, give us like your, your origin story or your 30 second pitch. Like how'd you get started in gambling? And, um, and then also <laughs> how did you find, uh, get started with Panda pick? 
Yeah, man. So um, basically, after I graduated from law school, uh, I didn't want to practice law. Uh, I am a member of the bar in New York, but I still didn't want to practice and because uh, it's boring. Um, and yeah, I decided that I would I was always really good at poker. So I decided to see if I could make that work, um, basically playing part time and then doing other things I cared about more uh, with my with my full time life. And that just worked. So then as sports betting became legal in New Jersey in 2017 or 2018. I kind of lost track of the years now. But um, in any event, then I started to supplement my poker income with sports betting. And, you know, the rest is kind of history. But, uh, yeah, I've been making a living gambling for the past, uh, like, 10 years or so. I love it. Wild. How, do you know have... how many people do that? Like, how rare it is to live yeah, I mean, gambling? Yeah. It, it's it, it escapes me at times because you see so much on social media of people like bragging about their results and I, oh, yeah. I, I tend to forget that like I actually do this for a living and most people don't. <laughs> Come like, on. Half those people know? don't even bet, let alone make a living. No, I know, I know. Most people are like yeah, exactly like and I was post when I was doing the old TikTok before that one got banned, like I was posting all my tickets and like because I was like, Oh, I gotta post my tickets, but um yeah, that I you know, you realize that like a lot of people are putting out these plays, they're not even posting <laughs> Oh my god. I, I or not, they're not even betting those picks, and I can say like having to gamble for a living is so different than having to than getting to gamble for fun. <laughs> it's just so different. I mean, I used to gamble. I used to play poker, you know, in high school, and I would like look forward to playing. And then you know, it, there became a point where it was just like so mechanical and so. I know what you're saying. You know, and that's and that and not to say sports betting is totally like that for me because there's more fun in actually watching the games, but. Um, it is like that to an extent, to be honest. I mean, there's a lot of things that I would love to do that I don't do because I have to, I, it's like, you know, my dog I, needs to eat. I always, your dog needs to eat. What a nice guy. <laughs> I, 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 I always say this and I mean it. The analogy I come up with is, is like the bars. Before I was married in my late twenties, early thirties, I loved going to the bars. And then I worked in a bar. And the second you work in one, it just loses its whole appeal. You're on the other side. You, it stinks. You deal with the asshole. It's the worst. And I, because uh, I remember the days where you had a little briefcase to go play poker at your buddy's house. And like, it was just exciting. You were so new to the yep. game that you thought you could dominate it and, and convince it. But yeah, yeah, I got to look that up. Someone maybe comment on these videos. I would love to know how many, like legitimately, how many thousands of people in the U.S. of 300 and something million are professional gamblers. Gambling pays their bills. And I, yeah. I would think it's a very, very low number. Lower oh, than yeah. Most yeah. It's like, I'm not, I'm not a very, like, uh, I don't know. I'm not like, I'm like a humble, I'm a, I try to be a humble person. But like, you know, now that I'm in the industry and I have to brag about myself, I, I, ha I do have to brag about the fact that like, I, I do make a living at this. And like, I make a lit, and now I do make a living at it. Like, I make a living at it part time and like, it funds all the other shit. Like, all the, I sunk like, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars into Panopic to make that app. That's all been paid for by gambling, you know, like yeah. that's, that's all like everything I do, like my apartment, my clothes, like it's all gambling money. So like my gambling, my gambling skills feed my like business addictions and all my other stuff that I do. Um, so it is what it is, but like, I don't know. It's just always sort of come, I've always been good at games and always been good at like, um, understanding like mathematical edges so and, and like psychology and things like that so that's that's where poker came in for me but sports betting sports betting is so much more of like uh i guess pregame is so much more math that that's why i tend to like the the live stuff because i think you can still get inefficiencies in live that the, the math doesn't fully account for 
Um, and I know live is so heavily juiced. So I'm not, I'm not talking about like micro betting. We could get into that because uh, that's a whole um, becoming a whole scam in terms of how much juice I put on it. But um, yeah, I think I think in live betting, you see like a lot of inefficiencies in the market where uh, actually the, the Eagles Dallas game is a good example of this. I, I tried to screenshot it, but I didn't have a chance because I was sick and I wasn't actually watching the game. But I saw Dallas was down nine. Uh, and you guys probably know that you, Matt, you had six minus six and a half, right? Yeah, we we uh, had on bet openly. We had money line minus six and a half first half minus seven and a half at like plus one thirty. I mean, all, we had we had almost everything, and we swept. We we cleaned up. Yeah, that uh, was amazing. Yeah, it was a great yeah. great game for the Eagles. Um, uh, but yeah, but uh, I was gonna say that uh, Dallas was down nine, and the book had Dallas plus eight and a half at um, at plus three fifty. Which, if you if you know the odds, that that was actually way off because they're way they're basically saying that like that Dallas wasn't going to kick a field goal, like the algorithm wasn't account, but Dallas would certainly kick a field goal there because they're down two scores. They did. They tri- they missed the field goal. Exactly, Mahi missed that field goal. But I was I was like I, from my like sick bet, I wasn't even watching that game. But I was just like I was like it's twenty six seventeen, like it's plus eight and a half, plus three fifty. This is nonsense. Like Dallas will yeah. certainly field goal here. Like Cooper Rush, their backup quarterback. Like if they get if they get stalled on you know like. It's fourth and eleven on the on the thirty-five. They're going to kick a long field goal, right? Um, which they did, and they and they fucking missed it. But like, look, so luckily I was too sick because otherwise I would have bet a lot on that. Because and I've been like, God damn it. Uh, but anyway, but but it's stuff like that. And again, that sounds that probably sounds like you know that, that I, I threw a lot of numbers out there, and to most people, I don't know if that even sounds intelligible. But like, the amount of value you can get on live betting is insane. A lot of times, um, yep. just you, there's just these inefficiencies that the books don't account for yeah no it makes sense let me ask you a question because like you grad you you went through law school you ended up not doing law and going into poker and gambling like how do you get started right like obviously i'm assuming you spend money going through law school but like how do you get started and start with a big enough bankroll to like go full time that you have to build it through the first couple years or like what did that look like for you yeah, it was really dicey, man. Um, I remember I actually came to, so I had like about 200K in student loans from law school. Um, so I, was, I started with like 200K in loans and uh, like a $5,000 bankroll, which is the opposite of anything I would ever recommend to any reasonable, rational person. Um, and I came, so I came to New Jersey in, I guess it was like 2014. And I had that $5,000 bankroll. I remember it very vividly. Like the first month I made uh, 6K and the second month I made another 6K. And then the third month I made 25K. And that was a sort of the breaking point for me where I was able to actually like have more breathing room. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it just sort of, then, then from there it was a lot more smooth sailing. I mean, 25K wasn't like an average for a month, um, every month, you know, at that point. But um but yeah, it was just a lot easier at that point to have breathing room. But um, I did, I did actually answer, did I answer your question? I feel like I lost. The yeah, no, a little bit. So like, if you would have got wiped out on that five k, what would you have done? Uh, you know, I always had a lot of backup options, I guess. So that was, I guess, that was comforting, and that I could always go practice law or go figure some shit out. I guess I always knew that in the back of my mind, but yeah, um, I don't know. It just I. Do- I didn't think that way, which you know, I've equated to. So, you know, I don't know that again, I'm fucking up because I'm trying to tell stories here and I'm, I don't know the data, but the vast majority of our country's employees, you know, they're W2, they get a paycheck. It, it, Maddie, you own businesses. 
Pano, that was his business and businesses can go under. He wasn't guaranteed to win or, you know, but that, that's the difference. A professional gambler is far more like a business owner as I, because I was, I was a gambler heavy before I became a business owner. When I was W2, I would structure my gambling habit around my next paycheck coming and make sure my rent minus that minus that. So it's just like going all in on a business. It's like, yeah. I, yeah, I'm all in and I have rent. I need to make more than my rent or, or the business goes under. No, yeah. it, it really, it, it's, it's, it's true. And it's funny that you asked that though, Maddie, because it's like, uh, yeah, I didn't, I can't remember thinking what, what would I do if it goes wrong? <laughs> that was, yeah. you know, like I knew, I knew how close I was to the edge, but I wasn't, I wasn't thinking about like what would happen if I went over the edge. I know I was stressed feeling like I might go over the edge, but I don't know yeah. if I had a plan if I went over that edge. We'd be talking to Pano, the, the DA right now. He'd be yeah. the district attorney <laughs> exactly. Pano, busting, yeah, exactly. busting exactly. casinos. So what were you betting per like per bet when you had a 5K bankroll? Was it like 500 or a few hundred or a thousand? Oh, well, then I was only playing poker because I didn't even have access. Okay, to that yeah, makes sense. Had, right then I was still, I had like a few underground bookies that I would bet with, but like I was always a little, I, I, I did play with them, but like, I would either usually get cut off or, you know, or they wouldn't, or they wouldn't pay me or like I would lose to them. And then I would feel like I was getting free rolled, you know? So it was like, is it, that's, and that's the worst. And I, I, I'm sure everybody's had that happen in gambling at some point where like you, you lose to a site, an offshore site or something. And then you're like, did I just get free rolled? Were they even getting paid anyway? Anyway. So, um, but no, I was playing, I was playing like pretty small stakes to start like $200 buy-ins. So like sitting goes. Uh, mostly cash, mostly cash, and mostly like online. So I'd play like cash games. between like six to nine tables online of poker. Scary. Um, all, all, all online. Yeah, like mostly online. Not it's true, really, it's, it's all scale, right? It's all, it's all, it's all. No, that makes sense because you're now your bankroll can can work harder for you. You're playing six to nine tables at a time, small amounts yeah. of each table, and if you're a good player, you're bound to to grow from there. So that makes a lot more sense. I see. I see Maddie's wheels turning here. I need to change this discussion before Maddie Go makes ahead. a run right now at 5K. He sets aside 5K <laughs> to make a run at being a pro. <laughs> I used to play Poker Stars, bro, in high school. That was, that was my game. He's That's over here game. writing down. So what did you do? Where did you start? What <laughs> Okay. All right. 5K, you said? All right. No backup plan? All right. <laughs> yeah, I'm Go ahead. Yeah. Maddie on Poker Stars tonight for sure. Yeah. <laughs> no, I used to – so when I was a kid – in high school, I used to I would go to Sunoco, which is a gas station in Pennsylvania. I would buy these hundred dollar Visa gift cards, and then I would go to Poker Stars or Full Tilt Poker, and I would use the the Visa cards to put money on. And then during school or after school, I would literally just sit on my laptop and play all night. Um, but yeah, I used to love. I don't play it much much anymore, but I want to get back into it eventually. But uh, honestly, the thing is, honestly, the thing is, it's like the game at the highest levels has lost so much um, heart, I would say. And I hope that sports betting doesn't go this way in, to a certain sense. So this is why, like, I love the math in sports betting, but poker has no heart now and that everyone tries to play like a robot. I was going make... to say, sorry yeah. to cut you off. Uh, no, no, my, no. Homies in, my homies in college that, like, started doing well and not well, like, to have fun to go to the bars, but, like, actually dropped out and started doing it. Yeah, I would go and they would be – in the same outfit I saw him in three days ago with <laughs> two screens and yeah. like six windows in each screen. And like, they almost looked like they were day trading. Like they're, they're not even reading anyone. They're like the heart part. They were just raw math. 
they had like software that read all the people's styles and they would like, they're literally just like clicking like you would like buy, sell, buy, sell, buy, sell on like a, a Wall Street floor in the 80s. Yeah, no, it's it's very much like day trading. I mean, that's the best analogy. I've used that analogy with a lot of uh, girlfriend's parents, which is usually plays pretty well. <laughs> yeah, but when you're playing like six, eight games at a time, how much can you really study the actual game in itself? Like with one table, for example, like. It's a good it's question. Awful. I mean, uh, I'll say this, like you can get a good sense of um, people's betting patterns and things like that from hands that you're in. Yeah, so I can diagnose pretty quickly if someone's making egregious mistakes and what kinds of mistakes they are and then how to exploit those. So like if I see you play top pair a certain way or play a flush draw a certain way or play a straight draw a certain way and I know you're then I know you're probably not a, a pro professional and you're probably recreational. I know how you'll probably play your other hands, which gives me like so that's the kind of stuff that usually is, is applicable with even without like I can figure that out without paying much attention. Right. Like I can see people that are betting like 32.7% of pot and the people that are betting like, you know, random amounts. Um, so that, oh, that kind of stuff I can pick up, but like, you know, the, obviously there's more of an edge if you're just looking at one table and I'm able to pick up all the information. But I will say this though, like playing one table now, I get super bored. Cause like, yeah, no, I get that. I can't do it. Like if I play online poker, you have to have multiple things going. I mean, back in the day, I used to have a sit and go, a tournament, a cash game. I mean, I would do everything. Yeah. But well, it's, let's, like, it's like it's like yeah. watching a sports game and not live betting it. I don't know. I had to get bored now. <laughs> I have to bet this game. What am I doing watching this game? Yeah. Well, let's 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 turn the tables here. Give so yeah. we give the the listeners some value. Talk to us about NFL this season. What have you seen so far? How have you had success? What do you think about what happened this past week? Give us your two cents. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's been a really interesting season. I mean, I think obviously, as you well know, Maddie, the underdogs have definitely been. And the unders. Uh, profitable and the unders yeah as well i mean it's uh i think the, the shell coverage is obviously something that's really factored in a lot right is it the i think that's part of what's um people seeing like kansas city's offense if, i don't know if people remember this that well but kansas city's offense was sputtering for a lot of last year and part of that was just the fact that they were doing what the buccaneers did to them in the super bowl which was just like not letting which sounds simplistic, right? But having the shell coverage where like you can't get beat deep, right? Yeah, and yeah. I think a lot of the NFL is moving to this this sort of like don't get beat deep, make them beat you underneath, um, make them, you know, short passes, short throws, short runs kind of thing, like, and just wait. And the, the reality is like a lot of drives end at the, at the, that point because like of penalties, right? You're talking about you get, you get, you get a seven-yard pass on first down, that's all well and good, but then you get a holding penalty and it's second and – 13 right then you're behind the sticks um anyway right. point being that i think that's i think that's contributing to a lot of unders and i think obviously the books will catch up um so i wouldn't say go blindly betting unders but, <laughs> well did you see what tony romo he predicted the final score of that chiefs uh the chiefs uh bills game he so the, exactly in the first quarter he was like <laughs> both teams exactly what you just said right he exactly said both teams are not going to allow you to beat the beat each other deep and i kind of feel like this is going to be like a 24 20 type of game and he predicted the final score and that was probably five minutes into the first quarter um but yeah i mean unders this year hundred dollar betters are up 1500 blindly taking the under of every game underdog money lines hundred dollar betters are up 1050 based on my numbers which is what i'm up um by blindly taking the dogs of every game so and i told gino this in the beginning of the season i was like bro 
two team parlays the whole way, dog money line and the under classic fade the public the whole way. I bet <laughs> you it's going to kill. And I don't have the numbers, but based on the numbers I just told you, it's got to be up big. Um, so, you know, it's just got to be up big. Me, Gino and I have this argument all the time, right? Because I get that books are going to adjust based on everything that's happening, but I just don't think betters are going to adjust enough to move the needle. Like I think people are always going to love their overs. Like everyone knows unders are cashing at a historic rate. And outside of these primetime games, people are still blindly betting overs because they love betting overs and people are always going to bet their favorites and their high powered offenses to cover. So I believe that this year dogs and the unders are still going to be profitable, especially dogs. Unders might, you know, Unders might tail off a little bit, but I think dogs are going to consistently be profitable the rest of the year. And I think the, the upcoming years, I think dogs are going to are going to cash. I really do. Yeah, well, it's it's funny you mentioned that, too, because I think it's not just the a lot of what, where it comes in is the parlays. Right. Because um, I was watching that clown and I hope I can say he's a clown on here. But that guy, Million Dollar Marco um who with his with his weird parlays um and you know whatever he's he's doing that i don't who knows if that's his actual money or whatever um but in any event he had the the packers money line and the ravens money line and you know everyone's like oh this is definitely gonna hit blah 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 and obviously the packers and the uh ravens both lost this weekend right yeah um and i think you're seeing that i think you're seeing that over and over is that people are like oh i can just parlay like well, there's no way that the Packers lose at home to the Jets after losing to the Giants. Like, and there's no yep. way the Giants, the Ravens are just a better team than the Giants. The, you know, the, uh, all these things, right? Like, and these these things can all very well be true. But this isn't college football, right? This is the NFL. Like, any team can beat any other team on any given Sunday. That's just the reality yep. of the NFL. This is this is an Alabama versus some uh, Division two school or whatever it is now FCS, right. FCS school, right? Like, Al- when Alabama shows up to like. Ninety percent of its games, Alabama is going to win the game. Um, yeah. That's just yeah, not true. The Bills and, and, and anyone who says like the Bills can lose, like you know, the Bills can the Bills are a great team, but the Bills and the Bills beat the Steelers by what, like thirty five? But they could have lost yeah. that game to the Steelers. Like that, that right. wasn't they, a different a different Steelers team shows up that that game goes differently. They could have lost that just game like they just did that. against Tampa. The Steelers looked like yeah. a different team. Yeah, exactly. Uh, just taking the baton on what you said earlier in the show, I said, I've been, you know, I've been betting since I was 13 regularly, like and that's a long time ago. Uh, I've, I've never seen so much parody top down. I, there's, there's always been good parody in the NFL. It's one of the better leagues when it comes to anyone can beat anyone. Yeah. Um, but I don't remember a season as close as this one where I make my power rankings every week. I, numbers, four through 15 can all beat each other home or away. Yeah. Yeah. And no, I was just going to say that you have like the, the bills, chiefs, Eagles, those three. And then after that, it's like all the teams are very close to even. They can you know? all lose any week and win any week. And again, like you said, of course the top three can do the same. We, yeah. We saw, we saw them right. lose. So. And then you have those bottom tier leagues that are just terrible right now, like Panthers, commanders. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, there is great parity right now. So what? So is it is it too early in the week to ask you, Brian? Like, is there any leans or any spots you're looking at? Um, and then, additional to that, like, what advice would you give to any NFL betters like this season? Yeah. So um, to be honest, I've been so sick that I haven't even looked at the lines for this week. But one of the biggest pieces of advice that I can give you as an NFL better, and this is something I try to do religiously, is to 
everyone wants to look at the games this week, right? But the fact is books post lines for the games next week. And that's when you get the most value is games next week um, or early in the week. Because the reality is most pro bettors are getting their value early in the week before the lines move. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, if you're coming in and you're, pick, you're taking uh, minus, you know, six and a half when the line was minus four and a half earlier in the week, or you're taking, uh, you know, plus two and a half when it was plus three and a half earlier in the week, you're going to get killed. Like, that's just the reality. And like, that's, most people are making their money because uh, books are most inefficient when they post the lines. And by, by the time Sunday rolls around, the fact is like the books are very efficient by that point. It's very hard to right. beat them at that point. And you can sit there and try to, you know, wake up Sunday morning and be like, hey, I like the, you know, the bills minus two and a half today. And that's that's all well and good. I'm not saying don't do that. I'm not saying that can't be fun. But like if you really want to have to know that you feel like you have an edge, I would really take the time to sit down on a Tuesday or a Monday and a Monday and look at the lines for the, for the, you know, the coming week, or even look at the lines for the next week. Cause the books post those. And I give you an example of like, I took the Patriots at a pick them against that game against the lions. Uh, they were the game where they're hosting the lions. Cause that, that line just looked off to me and it closed at uh, what was it? At lions plus three and a half or something like that. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not, not, yeah, that? maybe it was three and a half. I think we got it at circa at like two and a half. And then yeah, I think by Sunday, Something like that. But in any yeah. event, uh, and I'm not saying this because the Patriots blew the lines out because I don't want right. to be result oriented, right? But like the fact is like getting getting uh, getting like two or three points, you can actually beat the sports books that way, right? Like you can know you're beating the sports books if you're getting points. And that's how I would look at your results. Not not don't look at how many bets because everyone's gonna tell you, like, oh, look at your win percentage or look at this or that. But like what's really telling is like the before the fact statistics is like did the line move in the, in the direction you wanted it to after you got like, okay, I bet plus three and a half and it closed at plus two and a half, like closing line value is so important. And that's not something that is, is preached enough. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you can get my advice to NFL betters would be to try to bet early and try to get closing line value. And if you're going to, if you're going to be tailing people, um, you know, I would be asking the same of them to be honest. So to I give, would, go ahead. Oh, let me just add in real quick. Yeah. The number one thing, although everything you said was awesome, Brian, the number one thing I want people to try their best to take away, and I tried, dude, I've, I've unsuccessfully tried this for 10 years. Don't be results oriented. I know that sounds asinine. I can't tell you the squarest betters I deal with in my comments, trolls, <coughs> immediately reveal themselves where when they say all that matters is that bet won or lost, I'm like, Oh, cute. You're new to sports betting. That's adorable. Yeah. I remember when I was 13 and I, yeah. I'm, I'm obviously we want to win and we put up money. And at the end of the day, you're right. We're up or down, but I'm telling you to beat it in the long run. That game does not matter. I will die on the bet. I'll, I'll give you the opposite story of Brian. I bet Carolina plus 10 and a half early in the week. And all I said was Carolina is going to compete against these Rams. Their offense is not clicking. And I felt really good at halftime. But that's ten, they're up 10-7, and then they yeah. lost 24-10. And I lost they that threw bet. that pick in the end zone uh, in the, the no, very no, last. But I'm saying we lost that bet, Maddie. but I'm saying I am not going to go back and change my assessment on how I drew that conclusion. Agreed, it's yeah. It's just a yeah. loss, and I'm just going to wear it. Yeah, no, agreed. So, Brian, so, like, to, to give people as much value as possible that's listening, like, let's walk through a week. So, like, today's Tuesday, right? If we look at the lines – for example, going into the weekend, you know, we're now four or five days ahead of the time. Um, what what do you 
is it is it more that you just feel for it? Like how do you determine, right, that a line's going to go one way or the other? What do you look at and how do you get a feel for – like for example, right now, let's look at the Falcons are – they opened at plus 10. Or I don't even believe Sports Insights sometimes, but it says Atlanta opened at plus 10 at Cincinnati and the line's now at six, right? So maybe that, that opening line was from days ago and maybe that's not a great example. But my point is like – when you're looking at these games a week in advance or even five days in advance, like what advice can you give someone to to figure out what direction that line's going to go in and whether or not they should pull the trigger on a team? Yeah, so I mean, it's a it's a few things, right? So um, situational spots always matter. So what what teams have done recently and perception matters. So um, books will, and you guys know this as well as I do, but I'll just say it like. Books, books are adjusting for multiple things and perception is one of them. Like they're not going to over adjust to perception because they're not going to be swayed by, you know, the fickle public or, or whatever, but they still adjust somewhat and shade for perception. So there's that, there's um, their adjustment in power rankings. And you have a team like uh, the Falcons that's um, six and zero against the spread right now. So the books have to catch up, right? Like at a certain point, like the books, and, and that's and that's part of what you're going to look at, right, is that um, books aren't like you can take a team like the Cavaliers last year in basketball, right, that was just covering relentlessly against the spread yeah. to start the season, right? Like books are going to stick to their guns for a while and then they're going to be like, wait, we have to adjust the numbers. So a team like the Falcons is a great example of that where books are like, OK, we probably have the Falcons a bit wrong. Um, so you might see I, what is it? You said it opened at 10. That's what I'm seeing on Sports Insights. I'm looking at covers now. <laughs> That's wild um, to me if, if it opened at 10. Um, yeah, it's six and a half right now. So I don't, again, I don't know if that, that number is accurate or not. Um, but Gina was actually just saying that this could be a decent spot for Cincinnati. I mean, you know, you're looking at Atlanta 6 and 0 against the spread, like you said, now on the road at Cincinnati here. So it's something to think about. Yeah. And, and that's, and that's another thing I'll say is that like, and there's, there's all sorts of things that factor in, right. It's like you're getting, you're getting six and a half points uh, against a team that that's has clear like Super Bowl hangover in the Bengals. That's been kind of sputtering and tripping throughout the season. Right. Um, and it looks like a great spot for the Falcons on paper because like, you know, do you really want to lay six and a half points with the Bengals against anybody at this point? I mean, are you really comfortable uh, with the way they're playing and with the way the Falcons, you know, I mean, they, they backdoor cover, they don't quit. Like, uh, you know, Mariota looks like, looks decent. Um, yeah. But again, I think that's the kind of line that, um, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised to see it move um, in the direction of the, the Falcons a little more before there's some buyback. Um, so I, I could see it getting down to like six and then, um, you know, there being some buyback, but I think, I think it'll stay about there. That feels about right. I just, I just think if I had to, if I had to play that game, I think I would probably play the Bengals at this point, just because um, I think it's, uh, it just feels like one of those sort of trappy lines. And I don't necessarily go into all that, you know, cause there's again, like what is a trap line? Is that, or is that a real thing? But I, I it does feel like one of those sort of things. I, yeah. I actually want to talk about that real quick. Cause I, it's not even that we didn't get into the word of trap and all that. I just want to, it's been my life calling, correcting all the incorrect people yeah. on TikTok that make content every day. So people assume it's right just because they make it every day and it's not. T technically, to Brian's point, like, is there really such thing as a trap line? 
Exactly. Because they're, they're offering you both sides of it. So exactly. They're offering you both sides of it. So then where's the trap? And I, how I use it, I guess, is just deception, like to, to trick the amateur. That's what I would, if, if, I, if anyone used it that way, I'd be cool <laughs> with it. I'm like, okay, I get what you're saying. They're saying they'll trick the majority of the public into losing, or not losing money, losing value on a play. But again, they're offering you the other side. So is it really a trap? Right, exactly. And, that, and that's, I think you said a really key word there, Gina, which is value, right? And everybody wants, and that's another thing I would encourage people when they're betting to think about. It's all about value. It's not about like, there's no bet that's like going to win or a bet that's going to lose. Like, like, oh, you're such an idiot. You bet on this or that this week. It's like, no, well, this is all marginal edges, right? You're talking about like, you want to find a 3% edge. You want to find like this marginal value because you're giving up four and a half percent to the book every time you bet at minus 110, right? Um, so, which by the way, I saw someone say you're giving up 9% today, which again, like, I don't, whatever, but uh it's just, yeah, I don't know. People just don't think about the numbers they say, but, um, but anyway, yeah, like you're giving up four and a half percent, right. Uh, every time you bet. So, you know, you have to flip that on its head uh, to get value on the book. And, you know, that's like you said, Gino, it's in, in this situation. I think, I think the book is probably trying to shade people towards the Falcons. Um, again, does that mean that the Falcons won't cover? No. Does that mean that there's no value on the Falcons? Not necessarily, but it's, the thing when you're betting and this, I guess I'll say this is like, there's, there's, and I could, I, I'll have to come up with my, my list. Cause I'm, you know, not thinking as clearly as usual, but there's probably about like 10 things I go through for a game um, that are sort of like, what are the situational factors? What are the perception factors? What, what's the line movement? What was the opening line? Um, you know, what are the injuries? How did, how do the matchups play in like offensive line versus defensive line? Um, you know, even things like, like the Falcons last week against the 49ers, right? You take that matchup on a normal week. It's a very different matchup, but the, the 49ers defensive line was completely decimated. I mean, did they have a single starter playing? I don't think so. Right. Um, so the Falcons are able to, you know, put up 28 points against a team that hasn't given up 20 all season. Right. Um, that's a, that's a very different game than your typical 49ers Falcons game. So there's a lot of factors that you have to think about when you're, uh, and the book doesn't fully account for, I think, I think this is actually one place that the book is inefficient that I will say is there's a breaking point where injuries start to matter. Um, if that makes sense, where like, you know, like Bosa being out on the 49ers defensive line is, is not going to move the line, but if the 49ers whole defensive line is out, then that's, then that, then that matters. Right. Um, yeah. There was that, there was that game a few years ago. I don't know if you remember it, but. Uh, the Browns had all their receivers out. Like Odo Beckham was out. Uh, Landry was out. A everyone was out against the Jets. And the line moved like three points because Baker was throwing to like God knows who. Or there was that Broncos game where like they had multiple quarterbacks out and they had to play like Kendall Hinton at quarterback. And the line that opened at like uh, minus six and it went to like minus 17 or something. And the, uh, I forget who they're playing, but they still covered easily. Because I mean, they're playing a wide receiver, a quarterback. <laughs> like that's what I'm saying. There's a point where injuries matter, and, and injuries get to a breaking point. So if you're going to factor in injuries, I wouldn't look at it from a perspective of like, hey, Derrick Henry's out. Like the Titans won't be able to run. Like no, he's a running back. Like you can still put another running back. That's not going. Don't think that should. That's not going to move the line more than like a half a point, if that. Yeah. Uh, well, it's it's this is a good this is a good topic of conversation because the average better like. Even when Tua was out, right, and we went from Tua to Bridgewater, 
the line does not move much. And Gino and I were on record saying like this is not a huge, huge drop off. But like the casual betters, like they think a line should move huge. I mean, even like when Bosa's out, like I think that should be a point or two. You know, just to the average person, it sounds like that should yeah. be. I mean, Bosa is a huge part of that 49ers team. Um, there's just so many examples where, you know, just the, the average person would think, oh, this is going to move a line two, three, four points, where really it's like a half a point, if at all, sometimes. Um, so it's definitely a, a great point that you bring up there. Let's look at uh, at Thursday night football. So I want to ask you a question on this game because this is this is kind of what you were talking about earlier, right? The New Orleans Saints go to Arizona. That spread opened at three. And it's now one and a half, and it's only Tuesday, right? We're recording this on a Tuesday. Is that a game where, let's say, you like the you like New Orleans at plus three, and it's now one and a half? What would you do in that scenario? Let's say it stays at one and a half going into to Thursday night. Let's say originally you liked the the Saints plus three, but you weren't able to get it in for whatever reason, like you're sick, right? Yeah. You, what do you what's your play now? All of a sudden, going into Thursday night football, are you taking the money line? Or are you not touching it because of that? <laughs> it's a great question. So, um, so for people that don't know, and I, again, I might botch this number because it's off the top of my head, but I think it's correct. 15% of games end at three points or ended at three point differential, right? So that means that one team wins by three or the other ones by three. Um, so three is the most significant number in the NFL, right? So moving off three is a big sign that something changed or something is, was wrong with the line. And if you like the Saints at three, that doesn't mean you like them at plus one and a half, right? I mean, that's just, that's just, it's a very different line. So you have to ask yourself, like, is there still value there? Um, am I still, even with those 10% of games, they're going to end at three. So 15% of games end at three. That means like the favorite, you know, wins by three, like 10% of the time, the underdog Makes wins sense, by yeah. about 5% of the time. But anyway, so like point being that like, if you got the Saints at three, then you're going to get pushes 10% of the time. Now you're not going to get those anymore at plus one and a half, plus the, you know, two point wins that the, the Cardinals will have that are like another, you know, couple percent. Um, so point being that you're going to lose, you've lost a lot of value. So you have to ask yourself, is the value still there? And that's, and that's really the question that it comes down to. And I know that sounds very mathematical and mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't know if people will even want to get into that, but that's, this is how this is how you win at sports betting is like you have to be disciplined and ask yourself like do i still make a profit at at plus one and a half and if the answer is no if it's not still a profitable bet then you have to lay off and that's pretty painful and frustrating because you know everyone's everyone wants to sit here and be like well the the, the saints are going to beat the cardinals because kyler murray sucks and like Jameis Winston's right. coming back and like uh you know deandre hopkins won't be ready and marquise brown's out and um, you know, Michael Thomas will probably be back and Kamara looks good. Like whatever. I could say a bunch of shit about the teams. Right. But like right. all this stuff, all this stuff is pretty priced in. And like, you have to ask yourself again, like what, what's it going to come down to in the margins and like the trenches, like how does the saints defensive line match up against the Cardinals offensive line? Like what's it look like on a week of short rest? Um, is it, a, is it a certain situational spot, like a sandwich spot for one of the teams? Does one of the teams have a more important divisional game coming up? Um, will Jameis, like how do quarterbacks do on short rest who haven't actually played? Like is Jameis playing? I I, should, I figured Jameis is that, playing. Yeah. So like, honestly, I looked at it earlier and it said he was so questionable, but for the line to go from three to one and a half, you got to think that there's something there, right? I mean, 64% of the money came in on new Orleans, 46% of the tickets <laughs> on new Orleans. So I don't know. That's a good question. Um, 
You got to think he's coming back one of these weeks. Um, but I know Michael Thomas is still out. He it says doubtful for him. Um, Mark Ingram's questionable. Winston's questionable as of yesterday. So, you know, this might be the week maybe we see him. Um, but yeah, it's definitely uh, it's tough to say right now. So, yeah, um, and I, I was gonna say that like. Um, the Saints are a really interesting team too, because I feel like they've been sort of chronically underrated this year. But they're also uh, they keep having these weird games where they uh, they lose against the spread. Like that Vikings game, depending on where you got the spread, they lost against the spread there. Although if you got right. it, they they beat the London the game. Yeah, the London game yeah. um, last week against the Bengals. Like they they should have. That was just one of those games where if you that's had another play, game. That's another game. Gino and I had uh, Carolina this past week, and we had the Saints and. Again, we'll die with those picks. We, we'll take them again tomorrow. Yeah, I saw somebody on TikTok where I won't, and I won't mention names, but like somebody was like, "Ah, oh, the Bengals are free money. The Saints are missing, you know, Thomas and Olave or whatever." Like this is just, yeah. this is just, this is just an easy. I'm like, dude, the Superdome is a really hard place to play. The Saints still have a, uh, you know, a, a do you good know the team. best part about that? Now that it happened, he knew it, and if it didn't, the NFL was fixed. Well, I know, <laughs> literally. <laughs> That there's two there's two things, I knew it, or the NFL's fixed. Oh yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. There's no in between, and it all it all comes down to Jamar Chase breaking one tackle, right? Like I mean, if Jamar Chase doesn't break that tackle and bust off that that like ten yard out into like a sixty yard touchdown, then that's like, it. That's you're, all it you're is. A different game, right? That's actually, crazy. actually, you're probably talking about a game where the Bengals go down and kick a field goal. And and win the game by one, and the Saints cover. That's probably what you're talking. Instead, instead Chase makes an incredible play, and they happen. But again, like it, it, these are the margins we live in in NFL. And like you said, people are so results oriented that they just remember like the Super Bowl last year is a great example. I think I talked to you about this before, Gino. But like, um, you know, uh, what's his face? Jalen Ramsey. Uh, he fell over on that play where that last play of the the Bengals had where. If Burrow had just an extra half second, if they pushed Aaron Donald out instead of inside, Burrow just has an extra half second to step up, and Jamar Chase is just so fucking wide open. Like if, oh. if if Burrow had thrown it in his in his zip code, that would have been a touchdown. I'm still haunted by the Jimmy G miss pass to Emmanuel Sanders. Oh yeah, and then and then well, what about the the, the Tart interception, the one where like like uh, Stafford threw a duck into like oh my into- god. That looked like a fucking punt. I mean, Stafford threw it into, into the secondary. Like, where? What the hell was he doing? And now, and now the dudes on commercials talking about how he won a Super Bowl. You know, like this cry. is this is this is just like <laughs> the, the NFL is so fickle. It's not like it's not like it's the great. Right. And I and it's I had Rams. Super Bowl. I had Rams. What we want? It's what you know, we like want. Had, gamblers, right? Yeah, no, for sure. But I had Rams Super Bowl futures, and I could sit here and be like, oh, you know, I I knew the Rams no, were going to win. Value. They were the best, they were the best, but no, like I made a bet that had value and it worked out. But the reality is I honestly think the 49ers are a better team. Uh, Like I think, and I I still think they're a better team. Um, Breaking my heart. Yeah. Uh, I want to end the segment with uh, us being a little selfish. Tell us about the Panda Pick app. Tell us about some of the awesome things you offer for free for people that are (laughs) trying to learn the space, trying to compete against other gamblers and don't necessarily want to throw money up right away. I think you should talk about all those things just to let people know. And I want some good clips for socials because social drives traffic. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the Panopic app is a free app that helps track your bets and helps you find the best better. So that's really what we're trying to do. 
Um, we have tournaments that are designed to, you know, highlight the best of the best. Again, that allow you to compete against your favorite cappers and allow you to, um, you know, track your own results against them. Um, and then we have tools for betters that are like, should you pick spread or money line? And we're adding more things like that that show you the math behind, you know, essentially like what the most profitable bets are. Um, but the whole goal of the app and, is to create a community where people can come together to actually beat the books because, uh, I can say this as a person that's tried to tell people and gotten absolutely obliterated, but it's, it's, it's really hard to tell people. And I've, I found, I think I found some good people here and there, but, but, you know, for the most part, um, it's, it's, it's really hard to tell. Cause like I said, in the short term, you just don't know if someone's good. I mean, you, you wow. really don't. And like, I want to, I want to create a space where people have enough time and space to, you know, put in their picks and display their results and show that they're good. And that's really what we're trying to do is create that community where people can come. And if they don't have a read on a game, they can just find someone that they rely on um, and they, they trust and that the results have integrity. Um, and that's, that's really what it's all about is bringing some transparency and integrity to the space and, 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 and fun as well in terms of like the tournaments and uh, some competition and, and really, you know, a sense of community, helping people unite together to beat the books. Cause that's really, um, I think, you know, part of why we all, we, we, none of us do this to lose. I, I think, I mean, you can get deep into the psychology. <laughs> You'd be surprised. I know, I know, I know. Well, that's that's. I, I don't know if you remember that scene from the. I forget what that it was. That movie, uh, two from the two for the money with yep. like Al Pacino and um, uh, what's his face, Matthew McConaughey. But Al Pacino, <laughs> like he goes into the Gamblers Anonymous meeting and he's like, you you know, all of your problems is y'all are y'all are fucking losers. Like you like losing. <laughs> I might rewatch. I might rewatch that movie tonight. Yeah, he's now. like he's like the best the best moment to you in your life is when they're raking the chips away from you. Like, it's supposed to happen, you know. So you know, like. Uh, but yeah, but no, but, but, but in all seriousness, like, I think that like, uh, you know, people want to win. Like there's a reason people are looking at those parlays where like, they're like, Oh my God, I would love to win a million dollars. Right. And like, if you want to win, it's not, it's possible to make a lot of money sports betting, but it's not possible to do it today. Um, it's possible to do it in the long term, Um, and that's really what I want people to realize from the app is to see like, Look, like if you had tailed person X, Y, Z, A, B, C, D, E, F, you know, all, if you tailed all these people every day, um, you would have made like a bunch of money if by just like tailing all these profitable better. So like that's I think you can make that sort of system where like you have a portfolio and uh, of betters. And that's always been sort of my ambition to do that, because betting sports is a lot of hard work and I don't always want to do the work. Um, so yeah. it's nice to have, you know, it's nice to have people you can um trust and rely on and that's yeah. how I and, I, and I want to elevator pitch that for you just because like every time you're in a, a booming industry there's going to be similarities and differences so i would say brian comes from a poker background so the reason i'm excited to partner with him is there are other apps to track your picks that to me is not his number one differentiator it's the ability to find other people tell them let them do the research for you so you don't go in blind you mitigate your losses or not mitigate, excuse me, you reduce your risk of loss, something like that. Maybe I, I want to use the right words, but then for me also the tournaments, the B I, I call it paper betting. Obviously that I'm a little old now where it's a digital app. So it helped. There's no paper in the room, but, but in my opinion, that needs to come back and it'd be great to see, like, imagine you can tell someone or go in a tournament against them and actually test yourself to see if you are as good as you think 
prior to putting money next to it. So that's what I'm most excited about. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Me, 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 same, same, Gino. I, I'll just say real briefly, like the, the tournaments I think are a game changer and I should have mentioned those more because really what they are and, and coming from the poker world, like I've seen how successful tournaments are. But to me, the tournaments are a way to make uh, parlays, but make them winnable, right? Like the same as your contest, right? Like that, that's, that's what we're doing with tournaments. That's what we're doing with contests is we're trying to give people um, the sense of upside, the sense of like, oh my God, I can, I can make a lot and I can, um, but I, I don't have to put up a lot, right? And, yep. I, and I have a chance, right? Like they're, they're parlays we have it because real parlays and people don't realize this because people don't get to see the math regularly. But like, if you get to a four leg parlay, you're talking about giving up 30% to the book, which again, is, is hard to put in perspective how impossible that is to win. But that's, that's like going to play the lottery at the casino, um, the, the Kino games. Like you, you, you'd be hard pressed to find odds that bad at a casino, then you can't get much worse than a parlay. Uh, basically, once you get past the third leg, I mean, the three leg parlays yeah. are like half percent, but like the four Bro, leg parlay, I, you're fucked. Yeah, I played a uh, a contest on Bet Openly this weekend, and it was four people contest, four hundred dollar buy in, winner takes home sixteen hundred. I lost the uh, it's three teams uh, uh, just to win the game outright. I lost the first game <laughs> of my three, and I'm like, fuck. Like, but if this was a parlay, I'm already out, right? I won my next two. I, I won the second game and I won the Eagles. Uh, and then the the other two guys both had Ravens 49ers, so they were already out. They were at best one one of three. And then the guy, the fourth top, the fourth team had. Uh, I needed Monday Night Football. I needed to. Uh, what was it last night? You know, we needed Chargers. to lose. We needed the Chargers to lose. They ended up winning, but he went two or three. I went two or three. We split the prize pool. It was like 790 bucks each. And boom, you know, I just, you know, I at least tripled my money essentially um, on a bet openly contest. So just stuff like what you're doing, Pano, and what uh, the bet openly contests are doing. And um, it gives the gens some upside and some entertainment and some long, quote unquote, long shot odds. But it doesn't give the, the horrible math that you're seeing out of these parlays and a lot of tickets that we're seeing. So. It's good to yeah. see what both of you guys are doing for sure. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I mean, like, and again, real briefly, but I just want to, that's that's how I want to change the industry. Like, I want to keep the fun and keep the sense of enjoyment, but I want to take away the, um, I, I want to take away the just relentless uh, trying to empty the pockets of casual fans because the industry has gone really off the deep end in terms of just, you know, par parlay after parlay after parlay, like bad odds and bad odds, like, you can have a game where like you make money as a sports book and you don't have to juice the odds so far that people are getting absolutely obliterated. Like you can have a game that like you, you lower the juice and that's what you're doing at Bet Openly, which is why it's so cool. And that's what we're trying to do at Panopic. That's why we want to work with you. That's why we won't work with these sports books is because they just, I appreciate they want to have, it's like the shell game where they don't want people to understand what's actually going on. And they're like, Oh, you know, go, go have fun betting sports. And then, um, and you're actually just going to lose a bunch of money and not have fun at all. Whereas you can have fun betting sports. And that's, I want people to have fun 100%. betting sports. It, it just, it does, we, can, we can bring it, we can make it better. I completely agree. And like, that's, I, maybe I'm just crazy, crazy old. I remember when Bleacher Report was not parlay.com like that. That is all Bleacher Report is. It's the it's, most, 
BR betting, yeah. Parlay, they can they can get yeah. their oh yeah sorry BR betting. Well, no, it is it's it's owned by Bleacher Report. BR yeah, betting. yeah, and it, yeah. it's so I mean cool if it get, like social media is about likes and clicks <clears> and it's working. The the only thing is the worst part for me is it only appeals to one type of better, the amateur yeah. or the desperate. And yeah, yeah. Or I should say and the amateur and the desperate. The same yeah. Side. So. That's all. I mean, I don't, I don't want to be a broken record and take the fun out of the room. I yeah, agree yeah. with what Brian said. I agree with what Maddie said. That's where the contest came from. I literally stayed up at night saying, how can I give people the rush of a parlay without the mathematical downside? And the second I pitched it to Maddie, Maddie's like, bro, you probably should have started with that. <laughs> he literally yeah. was like, you probably should have built that first. And I was like, ah, oh, whatever. Now it's better late than never. <laughs> Yeah, no, because yeah, betters always want they always want something with high upside. So it's a good. I yeah, think it's a good middle. It's a good middle ground, you know. So we're okay. gonna start pushing it a lot more. We're gonna focus on we got UFC contests, great UFC card this weekend, um, and uh, we're gonna continue to kind of roll this out to more and more people. We just gotta teach and educate them on how it works because we still have people that are like, wait, on Twitter even this weekend they were like, you lost the first leg. How are you still alive? I'm like, bro. I'm playing against four other people. I'm not playing against the house. So yeah. it's a great, it's a great uh, way to explain it, you know, with Twitter and everything. So I'll, I'll, really end with a, I'll end with an old man quote. It's easier to fool someone than to convince them they've been fooled. And it's going to be twice as much work, maybe fucking 10 times as much work for the three of us yeah. to teach people or unteach people what Bleacher Report betting has taught them. Via clicks and bullshit. But, Agreed. But it'll pay off. We just gotta work our asses off. I know it's 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 actually kind of brutal because uh, I every time we've we've tried to offer something free, people are always like, "What's the catch?" They're skeptical. Like, yeah. Like like so it's it's a risk free thing where I can go to your app and like play a tournament and win money. I'm like, that's it. Like you'll literally just win money by playing. You don't have to put yeah. up anything. Like like oh every every free bet out there is like like risk free bet free bet like they're not free like the rollovers and all sorts yeah, of like, shit. Yeah. I'm like no like it's literally like it's actually free like i don't know what to tell you it's definitionally yeah. free like you can't lose money i'm putting up money taking money out of my wallet putting it, on <laughs> it. So it is what it is yeah exactly uh where where can people follow you at brian and how can they download the app oh yeah uh you can follow me at uh at panopic <laughs> or panopic everywhere uh or Panopic betting championships on TikTok. Uh, you can download the app, just search Panopic in the app store, but we're running actually a tournament this, uh, starting this Thursday, a, an ultimate betting championship event, which is going to be fun. It's a three week NFL event. A lot of the best cappers from TikTok are going to be in there. So uh, I know you both Gino and Maddie, you're going to be in there. So hyped to have you guys in there. Excited. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. So you can come play against your favorite cappers and we're going to be doing um, <coughs> these events for real money. The side bets I'm super excited about. I know we'll get to that. Tech-wise, Gino, eventually here. Um, yeah. it'll, it'll be awesome. Yeah, yeah. But then, but then, yeah, basically, we're going to be running, you know, uh, all these free events for now, and it's going to be a lot of fun. So just download the app, check it out. Um, but it's all – I'm here to help you, you know, actually win money and have more fun. Like, there's not a lot of people that I think can and, – and I've done this for a living, so I know, I know what the fuck I'm doing. And, yeah. and I, I know these are lame analogies, guys, but I just like comparing things to real life. I used to play a lot of chess <laughs> – I also used to gamble on chess. To me, Panopic is you literally get to play in these tournaments for free. You get to test your picks for free. I swear to you, you will not get worse by practicing gambling. As, as asinine as that sounds, at the very least, everyone should be trying it to learn their sweet spot. Some of the best questions I get asked are for data, and I'm going to build all that out on Bet Openly. 
but it's the people yearning to learn. And I'm telling you, that's what these apps do. They'll teach you what you're good at. They'll teach you when you get fooled, trapped, if we want to call it that. That That's what I'm most excited about is not like everyone has to bet on bet openly. Of course I want that. My pockets want that. But a partner like Pano leads to people getting better and learning. For sure. For sure. Uh, my, my buddy uh, and your, your buddy as well, Rico from Run It Up Sports, he was telling me that his his son wanted to uh, get hooked up with a bookie or bet. He was like, listen, like, slow down there. Get on Pano Pick first and, like, put in your bets there, son. Like, let's see if you're any good because, like, uh, you know, you're a, little, you're a little too green to be just starting to bet. And I would, I would definitely recommend that because we don't – I mean, people getting – People getting killed at sports betting is just too much the standard nowadays, and we don't need that. I have a feeling he saw some really big tickets on social media, if I had to guess. <laughs> I, would, I would guess that as well. I guess they were six or seven leg parlays at least. Locks. Locks. Always, always, always eight locks strung together that could never <laughs> that could Nothing could happen. No, no. For sure. I appreciate your time, brother. Yeah, Thanks thank for joining you for us, bro. No, no, I truly appreciate it, guys. It's always a pleasure, and I appreciate all your great work. I mean, um, thank you guys for, you know, promoting me and shouting me out and all this stuff. But, you know, just want to thank you guys for everything you guys do for the community because uh, it's a pleasure It's a pleasure to work with you both consistently. And I've just being able to become friends with both of you has been um, just one of the great perks of the job. So I appreciate everything that you guys do. Thank you, oh, homie. Man. Appreciate and, you, bro. Yeah, and real talk, I swear it's cliche, but we're just getting started. Like all oh, no. of us, like we're just hitting our stride. It was like proof of concept before, and now we're starting to like roll out some cool shit that the industry <laughs> needs. I know it's it's funny. You got you got to save this interview, man, for when we uh, we hit the big time, and then we make this million dollar Marco and Jake Pauls of the world like uh, wonder what went wrong for them. I, I actually love them. I know it sounds bad. I love that their their reach because I am convinced the day people read a pamphlet and understand what they're doing, they'll come over to us. And I can't afford their marketing campaign. So I I'm, I'm sincerely love them because I'm convinced they're my top of funnel. And then we get them later. I agree with you. I mean, it's like they're going to every American household and making a promise that they can't keep. Exactly. And then we're going to come back and actually keep the promise that they never actually could have kept. I really believe that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm with you. All right, fellas. Cheers. Appreciate you guys. Have a good night. Thanks, guys. Have a good night. Take care. Go better, sick boys. Thanks. Yeah, don't get sick. On a warm summer's evening, on a train bound for nowhere, I met up with a gambler. We were both too tired to sleep, so we took turns of staring out the window at the darkness. The boredom overtook us, and he began to speak. He said, son, I've made a life out of reading people's faces and knowing what the cards were by the way they held their eyes. So if you don't mind my saying, I can see you're out of faces or a taste of your whiskey. I'll give you some advice. You got to know when to hold up, know when to fold up, know when to walk away and know when to run. You never count your money. When you're sitting at the table, there'll be time enough to count when the dealing's done. Surviving, knowing what to throw away, knowing what to keep. 
Cause every hand's a winner And every hand's a loser And the best that you can hope for Is to die in your sleep And when he finished speaking He turned back toward the window Crushed out his cigarette Faded off to sleep And somewhere in the darkness The gambler he broke even In his final words I found an ace that I could keep You got no plan to hold up No when to hold up No when to walk away And no when to run You never count your money When you're sitting at the table There'll be time enough for counting When the dealing's done 